Culture Revolution by Anti-Flag off their album, The Underground Network. Welcome to Polyrical, a podcast of political music, a soundtrack for the resistance, a topical solution for the political revolution. Don't be shy. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you think. I want to hear what you're listening to. Uh, You can reach out to me at polyrical at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at polyrical. And check out the website, polyrical.com, where you can find back episodes, some other things I'm listening to, and a place where you can pledge support for this podcast to keep it going. Here is Chumbawamba off their album, The Boy Bands Have Won. This is Waiting for the Bus. My name is Gary Tyler, Louisiana born Shadow of the poplar tree on fields all ripe with corn Sixteen years I counted on the rising of the sun I'm just waiting for the bus to take me home Of all the disunited states divided black and white Louisiana taught me how to think and how to fight Sixty of us kids aboard the number 91 I'm just waiting for the bus to take me home Bus was barely moving, we were set upon and stopped Watch two hundred white boys throwing bottles, cans and rocks Trapped and scared together, there was nowhere we could run I'm just waiting for the bus to take me home Boy outside the bus, an automatic in his hand We heard a single shot and then we all just hit the ground I never pulled a trigger and I never held a gun I'm just waiting for the bus to take me home White boy lay there bleeding, cops they searched the bus Never found a thing to say that it was one of us Took us down the station, they were beating us for fun I'm just waiting for the bus to take me home Gun produced from nowhere, pinned the crime on me I 
lynch mob for a jury meant they'd never set me free. Thirty years in prison for a crime I haven't done. I'm just waiting for the bus to take me home. Waiting here, the world has turned ten thousand times or more. Stranded like the man who never knew they'd stop the war. Waiting for the pardon, but the pardon never comes. I'm just waiting for the bus to take me home. And that will bring us to our topic of the episode. The topic of the episode is a clash, and it's a, a term that's used in the media to describe events. And it's often misused to kind of uh, misguide us, get us to think um, in ways that we might not otherwise think if different terminology was used. This is a great piece um, that I found on FAIR.org. It's F-A-I-R.org. FAIR stands for Fairness and Accuracy in Reporting and does a lot of review of the media and uh, what they say, what they don't say, and how they say it. This piece was written by Adam Johnson. As Fair has noted before, the term clash is almost always used to launder power, asymmetry, and give the reader the impression of two equal warring sides. It obscures power dynamics and the nature of the conflict itself. For example, who instigated it and what weapons, if any, were used. Clash is a reporter's best friend when they want to describe violence without offending anyone in power. In the words of George Orwell, quote, to name things without calling up mental pictures of them. It's predictable then that in coverage of Israel's recent mass shootings in Gaza, which have killed over 50 Palestinians and injured more than 5,000, the word clashes is used to euphemize snipers in fortified positions, firing on unarmed protesters a hundred meters away. And those unarmed pro protesters are also behind fences in the, the border fences in Gaza. Here are some headlines from the mainstream media. CNN wrote, journalists among nine dead in latest Gaza clashes, Palestinian health officials say. From the Washington Post, burning tires, tear gas, and live fire Gaza clashes turn deadly. Reuters said demonstrators wounded as Gaza clashes resume. The Independent wrote Israel, Israel clashes, seven Palestinians killed in Gaza border protests. New York Times, after Gaza clash, Israel and Palestinians fight with videos and words. It's almost as bizarre as the time several media outlets referred to a white nationalist driving a car into a crowd of unarmed protesters in Charlottesville, a clash. So here's the first two tunes on the topic of clash. First is Billy Bragg. I'm going to share two Billy Bragg songs with you in this set. Uh, the first of which is The Clashing of Ideologies. This is an alternative version of uh, Billy Bragg's song. This is off a remastered Talking with the Taxman about poetry album. One voice rules the nation To 
just because she's top of the pile Doesn't mean her vision is the clearest And the voices of the people are falling on their fears Our politicians all become careerists They must declare their interests But not their company cars Is there more to a seat in Parliament Than sitting on your ass? Of all this bad bunch Shouting to be heard Above the sound of ideology crashing Whisper up in white soul Must not be spoken loud The offender faces child or resignation and another dose of welfare cuts is passed without a word From those who claim to represent the centre of this nation All these men and women elected for their high ideals While we just pay our taxes, they pay lip service when it feels And the voices of the millions And the hopes of all of more Lost above the sound of ideology crashing Above the sound of ideology, above the sound of ideology, above the sound of ideology crashing. I want to talk to you about memory today. It's remembering Tiananmen. Tiananmen. The column coming in from the west was stopped about um, 8, 8.30 at night. Um, the soldiers were told to chant, we will put an end to the turmoil. Soldiers don't stop until the turmoil stops. Around 10 p.m., warning shots were fired into the air. People scattered, but they immediately came back. The crowd was angered with the warning shots and called out, put down your arms, put down your arms to the soldiers. And at 10.35, several dozen stun grenades were tossed. The stun grenades didn't work. The soldiers got another 100 meters down the road, and then again, people just poured in and stopped the army. And so at this point, they radioed to their military central command for permission to go ahead at any cost, which is the uh, euphemism for using live ammunition on unarmed civilians. The permission came in just before 10.45, which is when um, an eyewitness I talked to saw the first bodies being removed. The com column coming in from the southwest um, went through the same experience. They got permission to move ahead at any cost at 10.48, and um, the firing started there as well. And this has happened all around the city. Some columns didn't get permission until 2 or 3 in the morning of June the 4th, but eventually the permission came in, 
and the army that made it to the square um, and occupied the square on June 4th. So that's the moment that turned what was a largely peaceful, somewhat confused, um, but always lively attempt to talk about democracy in China into the massacre that we remember today. And without that order to go ahead at any, at any cost, we wouldn't be here today trying to remember the event. And that was Tiananmen Square Timeline by Human Crop Circles off the album Tiananmen Square. Uh, Tiananmen Square, if you don't, don't remember it, it was in China when the military cracked down on peaceful protesters there and literally massacred hundreds of those protesters. And it is often, most often and rightly, uh, known as the Tiananmen Massacre. But just imagine if instead it was well known as the Tiananmen Clash and how that might uh, paint a very different picture of what went on there. This is back to the story from Fair. Clash implies some degree of symmetry when one side is dying by the dozens and the other is sitting behind a heavily secured wall firing at will on unarmed people from hundreds of feet away some of whom are wearing vests marked press. This is not a clash. It is more accurately described as a massacre, or at the very least, firing on protesters. No Israelis have been injured, which would be a surprising thing if two sides were actually clashing. The fig leaf of clashes is not needed in reporting on U.S. enemies. In 2011, Western headlines routinely described Libya's Muammar Gaddafi and Syria's Bashar al-Assad as having, quote, fired on protesters. Simple plain English works when reporting on those in bad standing with the U.S. national security establishment. But for allies of the United States, the push for false parity requires increasingly absurd euphemisms to mask what's really going on. In this case, the long-distance slaughter of unarmed human beings. Israel has a state-of-the-art military, F-35s, SAR corvettes, Merkava tanks, and Hellfire missiles, not to mention the most intrusive surveillance apparatus in the world. Total control over the air, sea, and land. In the Great March of Return protests, the Palestinians have employed rocks, tires, and according to the Israeli Defense Forces, the occasional Molotov cocktail, though no independent evidence has emerged of the latter being used. The power asymmetry is one of the largest of any conflict in the world, yet Western media still cling on an institutional level to a, quote, cycle of violence frame, with, quote, both sides depicted as two equal parties. The term clashes permits them to do this in perpetuity, no matter how one-sided the violence becomes. We're going to hear a song called Ludlow about the Ludlow Massacre. If you're not familiar with the Ludlow Massacre, there's uh, more on that when we hear a few words coming up in a couple minutes. Um, imagine if the Ludlow Massacre was called the Ludlow Clash and how different a picture that would give you in your head and how that might skew your opinion on what went on there and who was at fault.
But first, before we hear Ludlow, we're going to hear Old Clash Fan Fight Song. Here's the other Billy Bragg tune I mentioned. This is off uh, his album Fight Songs. I've got a mate who lives in Vermont He can find the music he wants Sick and tired of the corporation Started his own little radio station Now he's on the air each day Telling Fox about a different way He plays Billy Bragg and a bit of Green Day And I'm so bored with the USA When the clash came to town, he never missed them He still wants to bust the system But he has to go to work That doesn't mean he's some kind of a jerk Put food on the table, you know how that feels Doesn't mean he's lost his ideals Came full of smoke and lead 
tried to hide Soon enough we're turned to shallow graves Or at least eleven children That no one there could save The death special Ludlow. That was by Jason Boland and the Stragglers off their album Dark and Dirty Mile. Here are a few words from Howard Zinn. This piece is called The Ludlow Massacre and this is off A People's History of the United States Disc 2. Uh-huh. I remember that, yes, there was in the history book something about the Pullman strike. There's always something about the Pullman strike. There's, there's always something about Eugene Debs. When you have a little bit about Eugene Debs, and that takes care of socialism, you say. Uh, you have the Pullman strike, that takes care of, of, of the labor movement. Uh, but I didn't learn anything in any of these classes about the Lawrence Textile Strike of 1912, a, a magnificent dramatic episode in American history. Or about the Colorado coal strike of 1913-1914 and the Ludlow Massacre. I had to read about that on my own. I had to listen to a song by Woody Guthrie called The Ludlow Massacre, which led me, which led me to, to wonder what was that about and led me to look into that and then ask myself, how come none of this was told to me? How come the name Mother Jones never appeared in any of my history books or any of my courses? How come Emma Goldman never appeared in any of my... None of this. So I wanted to, I wanted to teach and write about that which I thought had been neglected. 
And I began to think there was a reason for neglecting that. Again, not, not, not a reason that seven people gathered in a room to plan, but a reason that comes out of the normal workings of a, of a society, of an economic system and a social system and a political system in which power and wealth are concentrated uh, at the top. I wanted to write about history from that other point of view. And that will bring us to our artist of the episode. The artist of the episode. This episode is The Clash. See what I did there? A Clash. The Clash. I was kind of uh, excited when I discovered I could make that connection. The Clash's music was often charged with left-wing ideological sentiments. Joe Strummer, in particular, was a committed socialist. The Clash are credited with pioneering the advocacy of radical politics in punk rock and were dubbed the, quote, Thinking Man's Yobs by New Music Express. Like many early punk bands, The Clash protested against monarchy and aristocracy. However, unlike many of their peers, they rejected nihilism. Instead, they found solidarity with a number of contemporary liberation movements and were involved with such groups as the Anti-Nazi League. On 30 April 1978, The Clash played the Rock Against Racism concert in London's Victoria Park for a crowd of 50 to 100,000 people. Strummer wore a t-shirt identifying two left-wing revolutionary groups. The words Brigade Ross, Italy's Red Brigades, appeared alongside the insignia of West Germany's Red Army faction. Their politics were made explicit in the lyrics of such early recordings as White Riot, which encouraged disaffected white youths to riot like their black counterparts. Career opportunities which address the alienation of low-paid, routinized jobs, routinized, and discontent over the lack of alternatives in London's burning about the bleakness and boredom of life in the inner city. Artist Caroline Kuhn, who was associated with the punk scene, argued that, quote, those tough militaristic songs were what we needed as we went into Thatcherism. The scope of the band's political interests widened on later recordings. So kicking off the set from The Clash is I'm So Bored with the USA off of their self-titled album.
the album London Calling that was The Clash with Spanish Bombs. The title Sandinista celebrated the left-wing rebels who had recently overthrown Nicaraguan despot and Anastasio Somoza, and the album was filled with songs driven by other political issues extending far beyond the British shores. Washington bullets addressed covert military operations around the globe, while the call-up was a meditation on U.S. draft policies. Combat Rocks Straight to Hell is described by scholars Simon Reynolds and Joy Press as a quote, around the world at war in five verses guided tour of hell zones where boy soldiers had languished. The band's political sentiments were reflected in their resistance to the music industry's usual profit motivations. Even at their peak, tickets to shows and souvenirs were reasonably priced. 
The group insisted that CBS sell their double and triple album sets, London Calling and Sandinista, for the price of a single album each, succeeding with the former and compromising with the latter by agreeing to sell it for slightly more and forfeit all of their performance royalties on its first 200,000 sales. These VFM value-for-money principles meant that they were constantly in debt to CBS and only started to break even around 1982. So the final two songs in the set from The Clash are from the album Sandinista. We're going to hear Washington Bullets, but before that, here is The Call-Up.
And once again, that was Washington Bullets from The Clash off the album Sandinista, recounting a few of the ways that the U.S. government has intervened in other nations militarily uh, to manipulate those nations' uh, leaderships, elections, etc. Here is Culture Club off the album Color by Numbers. This is a melting pot.
And that will just about wrap up this episode of Polyrical, the topical solution for the political revolution. Remember, email me at polyrical at gmail.com. Follow at Polyrical on Twitter and support this podcast by making a monthly pledge. Just go to polyrical.com and look on the right hand side of that webpage and you'll find where you can make that pledge. You can make a monthly recurring pledge or you can make a one time pledge on that website. In addition, I'm starting to record these episodes live. So if you want to check out a live recording, look at Unrelated Things on Twitch and uh, keep your eye on there. At this point, I don't have a fixed schedule, but um, I do record this uh, live there weekly if you want to see how the sausage is made, so to speak. It's vegetarian sausage, so it's good for for everybody. So wrapping up this episode today, here is Gil Scott Heron. This is off his album Spirits. This is called Message to the Messengers. Thanks for listening. Hey, yeah, we're the same brothers from a long time ago. We was talking about television and doing it on the radio. What we did was to help our generation realize they got to get out there and get busy because it wasn't going to be televised. We got respect for young rappers and the way they're freewaying. But if you're going to be teaching folks things, be sure you know what you're saying. Older folks in our neighborhood got plenty of know-how. Remember, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be out there now. And I ain't coming at you with no disrespect. All I'm saying is that you damn well got to be correct. Because if you're going to be speaking for a whole generation, and you know enough to try and handle their education, be sure you know the real deal about past situations and ain't just repeating what you heard on the local TV station. Sometimes they tell lies and put them in a truthful disguise. But the truth is, that's why we said it wouldn't be televised. They don't know what to say to our young folks, but they know that you do. If they really knew the truth, why would they tell you? The first sign is peace. Tell all them gun-toting young brothers that the man is glad to see us out there killing one another. We raised too much hell when they were shooting us down, so they started poisoning our mind and trying to jerk us all around. And then they tell us they got to come in and control our situation. They want half of us on dope and the other half in incarceration. If the ones they want dead ain't killed by what they instigated, they can put some dope on the brother's body and claim it was drug-related. Tell them drug-related means there don't need to be no investigation, or at least that's the way they're going to play it on the local TV station. All your 9 millimeter brothers, give them something to think about. Tell them you heard that this is the new word. They got to work that stuff out. But somehow they feel in the wrong way with a gun in their hands. They're feeling real independent, but they just pulling contracts with a man. Five and five will tell you it's hopeless out there on the avenue, but if they really knew the truth, why would they tell you? And if they look at you like you're insane and they start calling you scarecrow and say you ain't got no brain or start telling folks that you suddenly gone lame or the white folks that finally co-opted your game or worse yet, implying that you don't really know, that's the same thing they said about us a long time ago. 
Young rappers, one more suggestion before I get out of your way. But I appreciate the respect you give me and what you got to say. I'm saying protect your community and spread that respect around. Tell brothers and sisters they got to calm that bullshit down. Cause we're terrorizing our old folks and we brought fear into our homes. And they ain't got to hang out with the senior citizens. Just tell them, damn it, leave the old folks alone. And we know who ripping off the neighborhood. Tell them that BS has got to stop. Tell them you're sorry they can't handle it out there. But they got to take the crime off the block. And if they look at you like they think you're insane, they'll start calling you scarecrow thinking you ain't got no brain. Or start telling folks that you're suddenly gone lame. Or that white folks have suddenly co-opted your game. Or worse yet, saying that you really don't know. That's the same thing they said about me a long time ago. And if they tell folks that you finally lost your nerve, that's the same thing they said about us when we said Johannesburg. But I think you young folks need to know that things don't go both ways. You can't talk respect on every other song or just every other day. What I'm speaking on now is the raps about the women folks. On one song, she's your African queen, and on the next one, she's a joke to do. And you ain't said no words that I haven't heard, but that ain't no compliment. It only insults eight people out of ten and questions your intelligence. Four-letter words or four-syllable words won't make you a poet. It will only magnify how shallow you are and let everybody know it. And if they look at you like they think you're insane or they call you scarecrow thinking you ain't got no brain or start telling folks that you suddenly gone lame or that the white folks have finally co-opted your game or you really don't know, they said that about me a long time ago. If they finally start telling people that you lost your nerve, that's what they said about Johannesburg. You ain't insane. You have got a brain. You haven't gone lame. You have got your game. Remember, keep the nerve. 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 Keep the